The views expressed on the following broadcasts do not necessarily reflect those of KHLT, Take 12 Radio, or our affiliates. The opinions on this show should not be considered as medical, psychological, or professional advice and are those of the host, co-host, and guest. Take 12 Radio and KHLT Recovery Broadcasting are not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. Welcome to Entitled to Overcome, Exploring Solutions for Life Today, a presentation of Take 12 Recovery Radio. And now, here are your co-hosts, Dave Fleming and the Monty Man. Indeed, there he is. There's Dave Fleming. Wave, Dave, to all the YouTubers out there. Hello out there in YouTube land. Yes, welcome to Entitled to Overcome Solutions for Life Today with CADC Level 2, Mr. Dave Fleming, or Vid, as we he's affectionately known as. How the heck are you, man? Vid, biddy. Viddy-doo, viddy-dee, viddy-bum-biddy-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum
So this Uh-oh. is what she says. Uh-oh. I'm scared to ask. <laughs> what, what does she do, Monty? Uh, well, she says recovery from addiction is different for everyone. In my case, which is kind of a contradiction because she says recovery from addiction, she's not recovering at all. She says, in my case, abstinence from heroin didn't work. Neither did medication. Anonymous meetings, which often felt like an excuse to tell war stories, just gave me cravings. Also, I'm too scientifically minded to believe in a higher power. And I often fought with my uh, so-called sponsor. For me, Narcotics Anonymous was merely a place to debate religion-related theories, not a cure for something useful. Suboxone, I found, took away my ability to feel joy. Uh, Subutex kept me from sleeping for nights on end. And as for methadone, well, I couldn't wake up in time for any of the nearby clinics. So none of the mainstream methods worked for me for more than a few weeks or months. I'd spend far too much time moping, sobbing hysterically, missing dope, and rarely uh, completing assignments on time. Freelance writers can't afford to be gloomy, depressed. Uh, If I don't write a certain number of articles each week, I can't buy groceries or pay my rent. I began to lose money and eat unhealthy. Eventually, I realized that I'd been happier and healthier when I was still using. That's why, at age 19, and after more than a year of trying to quit, I stopped trying to force myself to be sober. Instead, I decided to focus on staying as healthy and stable as possible whilst continuing to inject heroin. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm now 20, so far, (laughs) I can't get over it. So far, my plan has worked. People may choose to dismiss my story because of my age, but most drug use of any kind is non-problematic. All right. In my case, I don't just use heroin for fun. It serves a purpose. So check this out. I got a solution for you, but you you have to internalize it. All right? All right? You ready? Pull the needle out, because evidently it never came out. I don't know what's up. So this I mean, person is this, is this, this person, real? This person, what kind of things does she write? What kind of does she write? Just articles, books. <laughs> what I mean, it what are her topics at age nineteen? It didn't say or twenty. She seems to have. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, but she seems to have discipline enough to write articles on time. Well, it doesn't have any discipline to do anything else. Stupid. Yeah, she's stuck on stupid. <laughs> stuck on stupid. Well, you know what? She gets a participation <sighs> trophy. Yeah, blue ribbon, blue participation trophy. I, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, this is not funny. It, it's it's sad. Well, you know, uh, Monty, it, uh, oh, the reality is is that <sighs> that we've all, I don't know about you, but I think all of us, I know quite a number of people that struggled with addiction sure. and thought the same thing. Because they ever had enough time, they ever gave themselves enough time yeah. to live life <clears throat> without chemicals long enough to actually yeah. see the positive changes and uh, you know if you're sure. if you're making 
if you're uh, looking at this and, and, and making permanent life choices at age 19 on your limited life experience. Yeah, brain hasn't even developed completely yet. I mean, what, that's why I asked what kind of books. I mean, you were just writing a book about how you garden. Or, <laughs> or how you planted or, or painted or whatever. Paint it, how do yeah. you paint a paint by number? Yeah. How do you you know well, crochet? And, and, I mean, I don't. Yeah, and and you know, I mean, really, the, this kind of this kind of thinking, even though it might be on the lesser end of the dope spectrum, but this is the kind of thinking we get from a lot of people who use marijuana, right? right. Um, but they stop using other narcotics and they'll say things like, well, it's better than taking opiate-based pain medication and so forth and so on. But most of them just want to get high. Well, um, the, the, what... But they legitimately see no problem with it. Well, what makes me sad is a lot of the time, I would say, if I had to put a, a percentage on it, um, I would say 80 to 85%, it might be even higher of those people that think that way or give up too soon, it's mm-hmm. because of underlying mental health or chemical imbalances. Well, and, and, so, what, and what does she say here? Dave? What we've done, I mean, I did it myself, is we, at the time, I didn't realize it, but you experiment right. with things because of, you know, peer pressure or whatever, and you find something that works. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That you can maybe function at least for a while. Right. and. And things are going well. Well, that's when you look at it and say, well, maybe there's something else going on. But we usually don't find that out till later on when, you know, sure. someone or something intervene, intervene. Excuse me. You got the hiccups? Uh, apparently, I just, uh, just did right there. <laughs> Uh-oh, well, it must be well, COVID. Well, you know what, though? You know, hear what she said, too. So she th- these medications that she's... T- and I'm not... I'm not saying Suboxone or Methadone is the answer. I, I got very strong opinions about that. But, however, she's only been on them in a couple of months. She's never actually weaned off of them properly, it doesn't sound right, like. Right. Um, she's never given the process a chance. So she's never, ex- because she's been on synthetics, she has never actually been clean and here, to, to and, enjoy life yeah, on life withdrawals terms. can happen, especially with... With opiates or heroin, they right. can last a long time. You yeah. can have, you know, um, you can have effects, you know, six months, a year after you stop using. Absolutely. Depending on, you know, what your lifestyle yeah. and how you're taking care of yourself. Yeah, so interesting stuff. I feel for, uh, she says she's, she's always been happier while using. Well, I, I get that. It, if all she's experienced is withdrawal, I get it. Right. I mean, that, it's It's horrible. And withdrawal from from methadone or suboxone is is horrible as well, right. um, if not done properly. But yeah, so interesting icebreaker there. Um, I, I heard a, a story about someone that used uh, methamphetamines uh, recreationally successfully. <laughs> Did they get a lot done? Or I don't know where they're at now, but yeah, someone, yeah. All right, uh, so that does it for the icebreaker. Uh, when we come back, the we in step one. Don't go away. This is going to be good. Woohoo!
everybody, it's the Monty Man, and this is the least favorite part of my job. Listen, we need your help to stay on the air. The time has come for our big bills coming due. And if we don't raise some money like yesterday, we're not going to be able to continue broadcasting. Now, I don't want to put anybody on a guilt trip. No, not at all. Our shows are for fun and for free, and we totally intend on keeping it that way. But it's not free for us to broadcast. We need your financial assistance. If you would please consider a donation, this is urgent. And if you choose to do so, this is how you donate. Visit us at Take12Radio.com. Scroll down to the bottom of the page. On the left-hand side is the Donate button. Click on it and follow the instructions on how you can become a financial partner with Take 12 Recovery Radio. One time or reoccurring, it's up to you. Thank you for your consideration. And now, back to more Solutions for Life today with Dave Fleming and the Monty Man. All right, welcome back. The topic on this episode, I'm entitled Overcome Solutions for Life Today with Dave Fleming, uh, is the we in step one. Now, in step one, it says we admitted we were powerless over our addiction, that lives had become unmanageable. This is step one in the Fellowship of Narcotics Anonymous. Um, So it's interesting because I did a little video promo for this show uh, that, that I made this statement in that promo um, that uh, it, it is uh, important uh, to stay in the middle of the herd, so to speak, to, to hang out with healthy people in recovery and be part of that. I, I um, like what you did there. It's kind of that, like the herd immunity. Yeah, the, <laughs> the herd immunity. Um, and, and, and that it's without parallel. And what I mean by that is there is nothing like being surrounded around supportive people in recovery that get you that that you know the recovery movement was the original me too movement in my opinion you know i mean i can look at you and you can tell me about your 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 uh, substance use disorder and your experiences and your trauma and i could look at you and say me too and we would make that connection right, right. um and it's vitally important to be able to do that uh and there's nothing like it there's also nothing as destructive as isolating and you know being alone in your own head um that is never useful uh when it comes to substance use disorder or a lot of stuff that is uh that'll easily take us down well i made this video promo for this and of course it's a hook it's to get people to listen and i got an interesting uh text back from kevin m I thought it was interesting. He said, nonsense. 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 The we in the steps is referring to the first 100 written in past tense. Uh, He's right about that. Of course, now he's referring to Alcoholics Anonymous here. Um, We is the combined experience of what they did individually, steps, and all got the same results. If you can recover on the we... You're probably just a heavy drinker described in the book. Um, so so I, I don't disagree with that, Kevin. Um, we're not talking about depending on another human being for your recovery. We're talking about the importance 
of socializing, plugging in, and being involved with the we in recovering to help us learn how to depend on a power greater than ourselves. Um, so, so the hook, of course, left it people wanting a little bit, and so he didn't get the whole picture. Uh, and so we're going to explain that today, Kevin. Um, he says, my literature tells me there is no return through human aid. That's true. It must come from a power greater than ourselves. Also true if we're to recover and recreate our lives. If we, he says, follow what they did, um, this misinformation is not based in truth. It is twisted. The meaning of the recovery process that is outlined in the book. He's talking about the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. But, hey, you're free to take the easier, softer way, he tells me. But you will never, in capitals, it means he's yelling, He's yelling at me. You will never find in the literature anyone that recovered on human solution. Only a spiritual solution works on, now he yells again, real alcoholics, greatest. Then back to regular letters. Example was the Washingtonians. They thought they could stay sober on gathering together. It didn't work. Good luck. Um, wow. Yeah, he. the thing is, he's correct. But that's not what we're saying. We're not saying that you gather together to learn to become uh, dependent on human aid. What we're saying is, is that God created us, the one that we are supposed to depend on, he created us for fellowship. And when we ignore that fellowship and we isolate, we step outside of God's uh, will for our lives for fellowship. And then we become disobedient children because, you know, the Bible even talks about do not forsake the assembly of the believers. I can apply that to my recovery. Don't forsake the assembly of those that are dealing in the same malady and the same solution. Don't forsake that. You need each other to mount this stuff off of, right? Um, so, Dave, you've got this reading. Well, and, and I was just think I was just listening to what you're saying, and some of this stuff that you were reading off of this person's response yeah it's uh it, it seems like they're interpreting it maybe differently than what i've interpreted as right because i don't some of those things that you mentioned mm-hmm. um i don't connect with and that we're again we're talking about the program of uh AA, right yeah that's what he's that's what he's referring to right yes. In the part about, uh, you know, recovered and all that is like we're, you know, those of us who have recovered, right? Mm-hmm. And then it goes on to say is based on our daily spiritual condition, right? The maintenance of our spiritual condition. Right. Yeah, you bet. Now it, it, In both fellowships, I would think. Right. Yeah. And, and as human beings and spiritual beings, we are we are meant to socialize. We're not meant to be alone. An island, you know, unto ourselves. And try to, you know, we can't do it by ourselves. And that's God-directed. Right. Absolutely. So the idea is basically you take your, you get your information, right? It's it's like going going to, uh, you know, you may be going to school. You go in a classroom mm-hmm. or you're online with a bunch of other students. You're still, you know, together. You get to interact. You get the information. Uh, you get the steps on what you need to do to get to the right desired end or mm-hmm. effect, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you you go out and process it uh, yourself. I mean, you can get all the information that you want, but unless you apply it to your life, because we talk about this all the time, it's about reading and 
you know, saying you're a, a Christian or saying you're an alcoholic or you're in recovery or you're recovered means nothing. It, it's just words. You actually have to go and, and put the stuff into practice. Absolutely. Right? And then you, we can't, you know, I, I can't, uh, you know, figure thing, everything out on, on my own, right? If we're left to our own means. We're, I mean, if I'm left to my own, you know, means and my own thoughts and my own processes, I'm going to crash and burn eventually. Yeah. Or I'm going to be carrying that boulder uphill, you know. Yep. And I'm not going to get very far. Yeah. And so, you know, talking about the we of the program, it's about getting that information. Then you're going back and processing. This is what I, this is what I worked on this week, or mm-hmm. this is what's going on in my mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. And I, or maybe I'm struggling or maybe I'm having some victories and I'm sharing that with other people so that I can help someone else. That's the idea of it. Just like yeah. we're mandated. If you're, you know, if you're a Christian, we're basically mandated to go help others. Sure. And so that's part of that process. And we're also, you know, we may need some help. Yeah. At the same time. And and actually, even if you're not a, a member of the faith community of any faith. Right. You're, maybe you're agnostic or maybe even atheist. If you're in a 12-step fellowship, there's a mandate that you help others. Well, and, and, and it's, you know, they talk. If you're going to recover. The we of the program right. is that we part is a power greater than yourself. Right? So Collectively. If I don't, yeah. even if I, like you said, if you're in a secular program, if you're an atheist, whatever, that higher power can be that group because that group collectively is a power greater than yourself. Now that, now that, that may not work permanently. Um, but in the beginning, when, when you first come in the doors, it's so vital that you get out of yourself and you stop depending on your own power. And some, sometimes that's going to mean I'm going to lean on the group. Right. I, I'm going to lean, you know, because I don't know, I don't know anything else right now. Um, you know, the whole idea of the 12 steps is to move on from human dependence onto God dependence. But moving on is a process, you know. And if we're telling people, listen, uh, there's no hope for you uh, if 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 you just show up at the meeting. We're telling a newcomer that. Right. They're not going to come to the meeting at all. Um, the deal, Now, I understand. I think his sentiment here is probably, I, th- I think we're probably speaking the same language um, to some degree. And that is the danger is when you become completely 100% dependent on the meetings, dependent on your sponsor, dependent on the group, because if you're powerless and I'm powerless, zero plus zero is zero. We have to learn to become dependent on a power greater than ourselves, well, i.e. God. Yes. Eventually, that's got to happen. Well, and there's some people that don't believe in God or whatever that, you know, the the some people end up tying organized religion into spirituality or God, which right. isn't necessarily the same thing. No. And so they are not able to get there. And the dependency part is a problem. Step one and being, you know, they, they get stuck on the uh, uh, dependent on something else. Like I can... I can believe in I, I can believe in uh, God, right? And right. I can I can pray, but I can't sit in a chair in a room and wait for God to fix everything, right? Exactly. So I got to also depend on myself. You got to do your part. Right? I got to yeah. do my part to change my life. In the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, I believe, 
and correct me, Kevin, if I'm wrong here, if you're listening, it talks about God will not render us white as snow without our cooperation. So what does that look like? Part of my cooperation is not to isolate. What's that mean? I plug in with other people and therefore become part of the we. It's vital. If it was just meant to be me and Jesus, baby, right? Then God would never have created Eve. He saw that it was not good for man to be alone, and he created Eve. Now we have a we. So I, I, I'm sorry, but I disagree when it says that that's not important. The dependence completely on the, the, the fellowship can become unhealthy uh, because and a lot of people do that. They try to stay sober based on just going to meetings. And if they are real alcoholics, if they're real drug addicts, not just abusers, they find that lacking. And so what happens more times than not is they learn to develop a relationship with a power greater than themselves. Well, meetings, God. You know, meetings, if I can be blunt, sure, meetings are not going to keep you sober. No. You actually have to do some work. Right. And that's, a, you know, and that work may be just going out in hell and just helping someone else, you know? And and I hear people all the time that struggle, you know, the first thing I ask is, do you go to meetings? How many do you go to? Mm -hmm. And what kinds, right? And usually it's, I I can't find any good meetings. I go to this one and sometimes it's good and sometimes it's not. Well, welcome to life. Okay, (laughs) so again, insanity, doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result. I didn't like it. So Go to meetings every day in the beginning until you find right. ones that well, fit and will help you. So here's, yeah, you know, doing something one day a week is not going to change your life if you're still doing the other stuff the other six days of the week. And quite frankly, I would never have learned to develop this relationship I now have with God. If I hadn't been in those meetings with the we, listening to people right. teach me about... Now, I, I talk often that there's no power in the steps. The steps are there to show us our need for a power. But I would never have heard that or learned that if I hadn't been in the we. Right. I would I, never have gotten it. I tried for years and years and years to do recovery or sobriety every other way than how it's laid out in the 12 step programs. Yeah. Yeah. Once I said, okay, fine, I will try it. Then my life then changed. changing. I will agree. Uh, and I, I, I am opinionated about this, but I, I do happen to believe that if you're able to stay clean, if you're able to stay sober without a relationship with your creator, you may not be an addict. You may be a drug abuser. You may be an alcohol abuser and not totally powerless. That's 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 my take on it. So I agree with him there. But let me tell you something. In today's open meetings, which there's more open meetings than closed, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody is welcome regardless of what your belief system or lack of belief system is. Right. Right? Um, and, and far be it from me to discourage people from plugging into the we because sooner or later – there's going to be a seed planted there that would not be planted if you isolate. It's the same thing with church. Church doesn't get me saved, right? Church is not my relationship with with Christ, who's my higher power. Um, Church is, is a catalyst that helps me stay plugged in, but I need it. 
I need that fellowship. Church is a basically a building where like-minded people go for fellowship. Which is healthy. Gee, that sounds like a meeting. It does. <laughs> it does. And by the way, if you want to get real technical, all you uh, non-religious, it's spiritual and not religious. Let me see. I've never been, I, well, I haven't been in too many meetings that weren't religious to some extent. <laughs> if it wasn't, I mean, in the sense of organized, right? Asking for money, swearing that only one book works, swearing that this is the only way, you know, even lighting candles at candlelight meetings. I mean, if you want to go there. Um, but the deal of it is we need each other. Read, read the Just for Today that talks about this. All right, you read, you read the step, so I won't. Uh, well, I'll just go over it and get yeah, it. Yeah, go over it. We admitted there were problems over addiction that our lives had become unmanageable. First step begins with we, and there's a reason for that. There's a great strength in making a verbal admission of our powerlessness. And, w- and when we go to meetings <clears throat> and make this admission, we gain more than personal strength. We become members, part of a collective. We, that allows us together to recover from our addiction with you see it says recover yeah from our addiction with membership in na comes a wealth of experience the experience of uh, other addicts who have found a way to recover from their disease and yes alcohol is a drug period (laughs) period no longer must we try to solve the puzzle of our addiction on our own when we honestly admit our powerlessness over our addiction and i'll make that you know, stress that over our addiction, right? Yeah. We can begin the search for a better way to live. We won't be searching alone. We're in good company. Just for today, I will start the day with an admission of my powerlessness over my addiction. I will remind myself that <clears throat> the first step starts with the we and know that I never have to be alone with my disease again. Amen. You know, and I know there's there's peop- there may be people out there that are going through this now or have in the past, but, um, you know, some of us strong-willed and strong-minded people look at that, the word powerless, mm-hmm. as like a dirty word, right? Because if you've been in, through any experiences in your life, trauma, you know, dysfunctional families, whatever you want to go go through, and as a kid, you know, I, I looked at it as like I was powerless. Like I had no control over what happened in my life. Right. right, right. Go here, do this, be quiet, you know, whatever. Yeah. And so when you tell me that, when I see that word, when I saw that word in the beginning, it's like powerless or ouch. I have no control. Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm not powerless. Mm-hmm. And I do have control. I can choose to do, uh, do things a different way, right? right. I have the power. I'm not going to give my power over to anyone or anything else ever again. But it went, when it came down to like looking at this thing from the disease perspective and the fact that if I just look at it specifically, because you know, we tend to overthink things, is I'm powerless over my addiction, which means if I pick up that first drink or that first drug... You're done. I, it's All bets are off. Yeah. I could be fine. Right. Or I could die. Right. And it could be that day or it could be a year from then. Mm-hmm. But eventually that's what's going to happen. Right. Yeah. You know, I've seen it time and time again. I, I've, you know, <clears throat> lo- lots of uh, old timers have been buried 
since I've been in recovery. Yeah, yeah. And it just got to remember that. I, I, I look at that, and I think, you know, I'm powerless over my addiction. If I go, or now I don't even have to go anywhere. I can just call the delivery service and have it delivered you to my have door. You can have it delivered to your door. Sure, right? you bet. And no one's going to even know. Yeah. Right? Until the ambulance pulls up and <laughs> because of the powerlessness of the nature right. of it. Yeah. And so I think, you know, we got to go back and, and look at that um, over and over again and remind ourselves, right, by, you know, uh, what's the old saying, by the grace of God, there go I, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got a guy that I worked with. He's in a hospital. Same kind of thing. Yeah. You know, wasn't paying attention to the signs. And, you know, the wall came up and hit mm-hmm. hit him in the face. Mm-hmm. And now he's in the hospital recovering. Mm-hmm. And, and, well, and Thank God and not dead. You know, speaking to this we thing again, too, about the importance of it. Uh, let, let's look at uh, all throughout the Bible. So if 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 if, if you're Jewish... You know the Old Testament if you're a practicing uh, uh, Jewish gentleman or woman. You know the Old Testament well. And you see the prophets of God dependent on each other all the time. Moses, he needed help from people. He was was ultimately dependent on his Heavenly Father. But his Heavenly Father sent assistance. Even Jesus asked God. The disciples, won't any of you stay awake with me? Right? There there was a we factor. You know, it was Jesus and the 12. It wasn't Jesus (laughs) and nobody. You know, there was a we factor. Now, again, the danger is when we become solely dependent on human aid, then we're in trouble. But listen, we we were not meant to do this thing solo. We were never created that way. Life, I mean. We were created for fellowship. And until we get that and we start thinking that we can do this thing on our own and we got this, all I got to do is just hang with me and God, I think we're in dangerous ground. What do you think, Dave? Dangerous? Oh, yeah. I mean, I like I said, I've tried uh, to do the, the me the me way for, right. you know, for a number of years and it didn't... There's always a missing piece. Yeah. And when I finally broke down and said, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to follow direction. I'm going to do this to the best of my ability for an entire year. And if my life doesn't change, you know, I can always go back to sure. doing what I was doing. And, you know, honestly, my life changed like the first day. Right. And then it just continued on from there. All the fears I had went away because I, 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 challenge myself to you know the only thing mm-hmm. we got to change is everything mm-hmm. right is do the mm-hmm. opposite of what i was doing mm-hmm. which breaks down that fear yeah you know yeah. when when things you know the fear of rejection that's a bit that was a big one mm-hmm. when that went away then that was like it just opened the floodgates yeah like i can do anything now right 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 so I don't know. I just think that, you know, you got to give yourself a chance. And, you know, if you're... Oh, I've got a cramp in my leg. Ouch. If you are struggling like that, you know, that first person you were um, 
that you were reading the icebreaker M- ml uh, lanzalota you know lanzalota i i would just pray for that person that they figure figure it out before yeah. it's too late yeah and and you know when you think about it, just practically speaking just in life in general if you're going to learn how to fly a plane you go to ground school is it just you and the instructor probably not you know, right. if you're going to learn survival survival skills and you go up into the mountains, it's usually a group of people. There's always a buddy system when you go swimming. You know, um, you don't go off on a hike alone. Right. I, I mean, it's just kind of the law of life. You, you just don't do and things you gotta, by yourself. And you have to keep practicing, right? Yep. It's like if you're, you know, any sports, anything that you do. Right. Right. If you don't, you lose it. Don't you have you? to practice. Get so you, you want to get better, right? And stay on top of your game, as they say. You know, yeah. I'm not a big sports guy, but you know, I get it. Musicians, right? If you want to be a good musician, you have to practice. I remember a guy that I went to high school with, uh, Frank Wilsey. He, I mean, that dude would practice playing the guitar. You know, eight hours a day, every mm-hmm. single day, mm-hmm. if not longer, mm-hmm. you know. And not just to get better, but to maintain his right. ability to do it at all. Right. Yeah. You yeah. get to the point where, you know, you can play any song, just listen to it. Right. And you can play it. Yeah. I mean. And I'll bet you he wasn't sitting in his living room one day and a guitar fell out of the sky and it was <laughs> just him and his guitar. I'll bet you that he took lessons. I'll bet he was. I'll bet he's in a group. I'll bet he's do, you know, plugged in, uh, you know. So this whole thing that um, uh, that the we isn't important. I say that's nonsense. But you're free to go the easier, softer way if you choose. Good luck. <laughs> We're out of time. Uh, listen, our closing song of this week is called "This Is the Place." Kind of speaking of the we. Uh, this is talking about the fellowship, whatever fellowship you're in. This is Michael Purrington and the Messenger. It's, I think you'll like this song. Check it out. Here's Michael. It's a highway.
Pastor Michael Perrington and his band, The Messengers, reminding us that together, the we, well, that's the place where we recover. Until our next broadcast, this is the Monty Man along with Dave Fleming reminding you that because of God's great love, you are entitled to overcome. This has been a broadcast of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting.